I'm Chantal, my name's Chantal, um, I'm 23. There's, there isn't really a day that I forget that I've got a blood disorder. It's always something that's in the back of my mind. You are listening to the first in a four-part series, Blood, Life Uncut, brought to you by Science Gallery London. We're a member of the Global Science Gallery Network and part of King's College London. If you haven't heard of us yet, we're a new space where art and science collide, coming to London Bridge in 2018. While we wait for the gallery to be built, we are going to Peckham. On Thursday the 12th of October, we shall be opening a new exhibition, Blood, Life Uncut. That will offer fresh perspectives on topics including menstruation, gay blood and blood-borne diseases like sickle cell. Over the next four weeks, we're here on Resonance FM and we're going to be exploring the lives and works of artists, scientists, activists and people who have brought Blood, Life Uncut to life. I'm Femi. And I'm Jessie. And today we're asking, is sickle cell anemia a black disease? That's, whenever you're reading anything, that's always what comes up. It's a black disorder. And I think that prevents um, it from moving forward as a blood disorder as a whole. Oh, just a second there, Chantel. Red blood cells are usually spongy and soft, allowing them to slip through the arteries and veins. But with sickle cell, they take on a rigid sickle shape and get stuck. Sickle cell sufferers will experience an intense pain known as a crisis. What is a crisis like? Painful. It just hurts. And it can hurt any part of your body. Um, I've had it in all my joints, my chest, my back. When the pain can't be managed by regular painkillers, sickle cell sufferers are often hospitalised and put on morphine. For some patients, this is a regular occurrence, disrupting daily life and sometimes causing problems with social life and employment. Chantal writes a blog for the Sickle Cell Society called My Invisible Life. It talks about the experience of living with a disease that no one else can see. We caught up with Heather Rawls, a clinical psychologist at Guy's Hospital. Heather provides psychological support to adults with blood disorders and talks to them about some of the problems they face when communicating their pain to others. For some of our patients... You know, they, they have commented before that they might feel like they, they're being labelled as, as an addict or, or somebody who is um, looking mm, for mm. Um, you know, pain medication for a reason mm. other than the fact that they are in genuine mm. pain. Sickle cell disease mainly affects people of African, Caribbean, Middle Eastern, Eastern Mediterranean and Asian origin. In the UK, it's particularly common in people with an African or Caribbean family background. It's rare among the white community. Does this create a racial stigma around the disease? If we're working with somebody who uh, might have had some unhelpful experiences in the hospital or on ward mm. and um, they might say, you know, I, I feel mm. like I'm being treated differently. Maybe mm. it's something to do with the colour of my skin. Or mm. I, I know that, that people have commented about how they might be mm. on, on a ward and um, other patients' needs mm. might be attended to more mm. swiftly, perhaps, and mm. and yet when they're asking for pain medication, mm. um, uh, they, they might feel like they're not being taken as seriously. I've heard stories of people that have grown up in, like, more whiter areas and they've gone to hospital and the hospital don't know how to deal with sickle cell. Um, They've had to rig up other hospitals to find out what it is. And there's been times when I've been on wards that I've been an outlier, which is basically you're a patient on a ward that you're not supposed to be on because there's not enough beds 
um, which is another issue. Um, yeah, so I've had to explain to my nurses on an outlier ward what sickle cell is and what they can do to help me. In our research, we found that the sickle cell gene was not linked to skin colour, but was prevalent in countries with high levels of malaria. Individuals carrying just one copy of the sickle mutation were highly protected against the malarial parasite, which spends part of its life cycle in the red blood cell. We wanted to find out more, so we got in contact with David Rees, a consultant and professor of paediatric sickle cell disease at King's College Hospital. David's been helping out as a scientific advisor on the blood exhibition. In the most, in, still true, I think, but in many parts of African malaria, it's the most important reason people die in childhood, and the most important reason you don't have children. And if you have something that protects you against malaria, even partially, then that has a very powerful effect on, on um, the frequency of the gene in many generations. It's like if you have a hundred people and they all get bitten by a mosquito with malaria, and if you had none of those hundred people had sick, carried sickle, then you know maybe fifty of them would die. Whereas if all of them carried sickle were sickle carriers, then maybe only 20 would die, so that difference is enough that over many generations means that sickle becomes more and more common. David Rees had helped us to understand why sickle cell is a common disease in malarial countries. But we still didn't understand how this played out in multicultural Britain. So we contacted the Sickle Cell Society to ask for their thoughts. We spoke to Ayamade Thomas, the NHS engagement lead for the Sickle Cell Society. I think it's a very interesting question, is sickle cell a black disease? Because that is a question I get asked quite a lot when I go out and do um, awareness raising talks. As much as it affects mainly people who come from Africa, the Caribbean, the Middle East, um, India and the Mediterranean, it also affects white people. The, the screening program in the UK, there's an NHS sickle cell and thalassemia screening program. Again, that's what I'm involved with them. And they are finding that one, approximately one in 500 babies who are born and classified as white, and that's in inverted commas, because after all, what is black as well, but one in 500 are being found to have the gene. Sabrina Mafuz is a poet, playwright and performer. As part of the blood season, she was commissioned to write a collection of poetry responding to the artworks in the exhibition. One of the artworks that Sabrina responded to is a large photograph by the artist Donald Rodney made a year before he died from sickle cell. In the photo, you can see a man's hand, much larger than life, nearly 1.5 metres wide. The hand's resting on a pillow or sheet, and in the hand there's a small house made from Donald Rodney's skin, which was removed when he was having treatment for sickle cell. The hand in the photo is black, but Sabrina's take on sickle cell anemia has nothing to do with it being a black disease. In the House of My Father, response to the artwork by Donald Rodney. England. I felt I was not foreign enough to unplait my hair, occasional blonde strands making me fit in too easily. I wanted to stand up after our roast dinners and announce we share the same name, we hold the same land close. After you left, my visits to you were incessant, air miles unable to understand this wasn't business, or was it? Egypt. Your curfew was swift and did not allow for speeches after Kanafa. Never would a daughter of yours know Cairo like you did. A city bright with blood and donkey shit and watermelon rind, the gold of Saudi gleaming it to standstill at sunset. Hospital. The results were positive in more ways than one. 
Sickle cell anemia meant I was medically Middle Eastern, or at least Eastern Mediterranean, a diseased familiarity surprising you to blink, no matter how much you might wish me different enough for the both of us. We asked Sabrina to tell us more about how the black hand in the photo related to the speaker in her poem. I don't know if the father and the son had sickle cell anemia, but that's what I assumed was the case. And that just got me thinking um, about you know, who in the world is, is um, susceptible to sickle cell anemia and where those people could come from. And Egypt is one of those places. And so because my dad's Egyptian, I just thought that was a good starting place to kind of look at that relationship between being from somewhere but not really ever being able to really be from there. I was struck by the line, um, just because I had blonde strands of hair, I fit in too easily. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so just that feeling of like, I mean, from a very personal perspective, it's always been that nobody would ever assume or know that I am half Egyptian and they've always been like shocked at my surname because they just think that I'm totally English and so that's something that obviously stays with you throughout your life that you're always like oh yeah but I'm not actually English and just that kind of verifying your own identity all the time thing so yeah I guess that kind of plays into that and I know having written about it quite a lot in the last couple of years I've been um, approached and emailed by lots of people who have a similar experience specifically from like the Middle East because it's an area where people aesthetically can look very European but in terms of their culture and where they've grown up they don't feel European at all and so that assumption when someone looks at them that they are from this place that they're not actually from obviously find that very interesting. We were struck by the phrase medically Middle Eastern and that it seemed like the character was almost happy to be diagnosed with the disease. That is quite warped obviously um, but that's one of the beautiful things about poetry is that you can explore those quite dark sides of of people's minds and that you can understand sometimes where those things might come from that someone could actually feel a sense of happiness at such a result and that somehow that would make those family ties stronger because they they share this thing and you can't pretend that you don't share anything anymore so sickle cell is a hereditary disease It doesn't only affect black people. And how do we define blackness? It's really hard to agree on a definition. We should not sort of propagate this this thing that it's a black disease because it brings a lot of stigma and we should call it for what it is. It is a disease that affects people who originate from malarial areas because it was nature's way of protecting against malaria. Sickle cell isn't a black disease. It's a disease linked geographically to regions heavily affected by malaria. But this label persists. Whenever you're reading anything, that's always what comes up. It's a black disorder. And I think that prevents um, it from moving forward as a blood disorder as a whole. Um, But the truth is it's not not a black disease. It affects everyone. Um, And as we're becoming a more multicultural society, then it's going to affect more and more people of every every single colour and every single race. I don't know, it's segregating it so that it's just a black thing, but it's not. And once we get over that, then more people will understand and get to know what it is. So it's not helpful to segregate it as a race issue. But what can we do to help? I just want people not to write us off 
we're capable, for the most part, when we're not in hospital, we're capable of doing things that anyone else can do. Something as simple as water. Um, that might be because we can get dehydrated really easily, and that might be all they need is just a glass of water. Just make sure that they know that you're there for them. If they provide good services within the community, so that people don't get stressed, so that they get good housing, then they would, you know, probably would have fewer crises. Some of them, because stress and living conditions can trigger a crisis. So it's better to use preventative measures than to use curative measures, if you see what I mean. That was the first episode in a four-part radio series, Blood, Life Uncut. If you have something to say about sickle cell anemia, we'd love to hear it. We're on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at SciGalleryLun. If you liked what you heard, there are more podcasts on iTunes and SoundCloud. Search Blood, Life Uncut. The exhibition and event programme with the same name launches next Thursday, the 12th of October and runs until the 1st of November. See you there. Find details at london.sciencegallery.com forward slash blood. This was brought to you by Science Gallery London, a new space where art and science collide, opening at London Bridge in 2018. We're a member of the Global Science Gallery Network and part of King's College London. Thanks for listening. Next week, we'll be meeting a detective inspector, a forensic scientist and an artist. The question is, who done it?